Well, good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? You sound like you really didn't get to take advantage of that hour extra sleep this morning. How's everyone doing this morning? All right. Thank you, Michelle. Hey, a little more. You hear her over there. That's good. Um, what are you laughing at? I haven't even started speaking yet. The funny stuff's still supposed to come. I'm just messing with you. All right. Well, we're glad you're here this morning. We're going to continue our series on under pressure. You know, life has its way of just putting its pressure on us. Our world seems like it's just closing in and, and, and all around. So, so sitting on a stove sits a pot with a lid that is latched down so tight that the air cannot escape except through a tiny gauge that sits atop of the lid. The pot sits over the gas flame, heating up the contents of what's inside. You can see the dial on the gauge is starting to to move little by little as the pressure starts to build up in the pot. Soon, soon you should see some steam leaving that pot and that the gauge doesn't get too intense. But no, none of the steam is leaving. And the, the dial is moving closer and closer to the red. Before, before you have time to turn down the heat, it's too late and the pressure builds up and boom! Everyone awake this morning? When we're under pressure... Sometimes we feel like we've been shoved inside a pressure cooker. Sometimes while we're under pressure, while the cooking and we're feeling the heat of the world around us, when the heat comes, we tend to get frustrated, which causes the anger to maybe rise up inside of us. And we don't know how to quite handle it right. And from time to time, we use that anger and it just bursts out into the lives of the people around us, causing injury to ourselves or maybe to others around us. But yet that damage can be some very permanent damage. And what is the right way to handle our anger? What is the right way to handle anger when we're under pressure? You see, over the past few weeks, we've been studying from the book of James. And last week, Buddy talked to us about being under the pressure and how um, we use our words and how it relates to us under pressure. And that, that our words we use under pressure, pressure relate to where our heart is. Well, the same will hold true about how, where, how we handle our anger in determining where our heart is. Sometimes the words that we share are a result of how we're dealing with our anger. We can handle anger under, under pressure man's way, or we can handle pressure and anger under pressure God's way. You see, anger itself is not a sin. But how we choose to use our anger and how we go about handling our anger and the, the response to that emotion will determine if it's sin or not. But anger, there's nothing wrong with being angry. Anger is a normal emotion we all carry, just like the rest of those emotions that you learn about in that movie of fear and disgust and joy and sadness. But how we handle our anger really determines whether it's being, we're acting in sin with our anger or we're acting in justice with our anger. You see, James our focus verse today is going to be James chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. It says, My Christian brothers, you know everyone should listen much and speak little. He should be slow to become angry. A man's anger does not allow him to be right with God. Put out your life, all that is unclean and wrong. Receive the gentle spirit of the word that was taught, that in his power to save your souls from punishment of sin. You see, the American Psychological Association says this about anger. That anger is a normal emotion with a wide range of intensity. 
from mild irritation to frustration to rage. It is the reaction to a perceived threat to ourselves, our loved ones, our property, our self-image, or some part of our identity. Anger, it's a warning bell that tells us that something is wrong. I'd like to add on that, that it also tells us that something, that something is wrong or that we selfishly perceive something as being wrong. Anger is something that is neither good nor bad. There is righteous anger and there is unrighteous anger. Some physical signs that you can tell that if you're starting to get angry is that you start to feel your blood boil inside. Or that you start clenching your fist or your jaw or your muscles tighten up. Maybe you get a sudden onset of a headache. You feel your heart rate increase. When I'm getting angry, I feel all of these. You know, I tend to, tend to feel that. And, um, but being angry is okay. It all depends on what we're gonna do with that. Now, I'm very fortunate that I have uh, a mother-in-law who is my boss who's also a licensed professional psychologist and so she can tell me and diagnose me and, and all these things with my anger. But the one lesson I've learned that's so important is this, is that, that when we start to get angry, it's time to take a little look inside of ourselves. And why, what is that touching on inside of us? What's that anger really bringing up inside of, inside of me? See, how fast we get angry is a choice. How long it takes us to get angry, it's our choice. We can choose to be angry or not to be angry. We can let that emotion rule us or not. For some of us, anger is a way of life that has come, become the ruler of our life due to something maybe that happened long ago in our past that we have just not let go of that keeps us angry. You see, my personal struggle with anger stems back for my childhood, being upset and angry that my parents divorced and that I faced the abusive situations throughout my, my upbringing. But that doesn't give me a right to act out and use that as an excuse for different things. The little things can get to you to throw you off track with anger because anger, while there's nothing wrong with it, can, if you let it control you, it will distract you from what God's really trying to do in your life. For me, I learned that anger had to deal with giving up control. Even this morning, as I came here this morning and I walk into the building and I start looking around for the things and making sure things are in place where they are so that when you all come in that you can have a wonderful worship experience, I see little things that you would never even notice that are out of place. I, I go to my office, and this is my Bible, but this isn't the Bible I like to have up with me on stage when I preach. And so I forgot that Bible at home, and while that started to irritate me, and, and, and it started to feed on something, and I started coming in already frustrated and started to build up some anger inside, even before coming and delivering the message this morning. And it all boiled down to this, that fact that I was, for me personally, it was about having, giving up control. And then it got to take control today. It doesn't matter what Bible I had up here. It doesn't matter if something's out of place there. What matters is that I'm here surrendered to God to do his will today. And that's what he wants. If we don't learn to control our anger, it can affect us both physically and spiritually. Physically uncontrolled anger can lead to high blood pressure because we are constantly at a high level of stress. Uncontrolled anger can lead into outbursts of rage and can harm you physically and the others around you. If you're dealing with this sort of anger where these outbursts are happening frequently, then I encourage you to seek help from a professional counselor. And we have a list of those counselors at the Welcome Center that you can pick up today. 
See, anger, if we don't control it and we don't learn how to deal with it properly in the way God describes and we're under pressure and dealing with anger, it can, it can create a generational curse. See, my anger issue of, of being in control stems from my dad who had to always be in control, who stemmed from his father who always had to be in control. So I have the opportunity to change that generational curse and not, not allowing myself to get so tied up with having control so that it doesn't pour down into my children. The anger, when we react out of it wrong, it not only affects us physically, emotionally, but it also affects us spiritually. Spiritually, our anger can eat away at us so much that we become angry with God, blaming him for the circumstances that we're in, blaming him for the things that have happened in our lives or the situations. And, and we get so angry with him, instead of going towards him, we get angry and we turn our back on him. And it affects, us our, affects our life spiritually. And it takes us out of relationship with him. And we tend to move further and further away from God. Anger will leave these lasting scars in our lives, in, in the lives of people around us or in ourselves. You see, really the reality of it is anger that we're dealing with, that emotion is really a smokescreen that we use for dealing, instead of dealing with the other issues of our life, such as our pride, maybe shame we're feeling, or the guilt we're carrying around. When does anger become a sin, though? I know you're sitting there saying, well, Jason, you're saying being angry is not always a sin. But when does it become a sin? Well, it becomes a sin when, whenever we lose our temper. When we're not controlled with our anger. When we have the outburst like the little red guy in the, in the video. You know, it's a, it was kind of a joke, and this, this message really sank home to me this week because I have been a person that's dealt with and suffered from anger. And, and, the, and our family was supposed to go um, for trunk or treat, which I'm glad it didn't work out this way, but we were supposed to go as the Golden Girls. I was supposed to be Dorothy. <laughs> Quiet over here. Because I, Dorothy's the grumpy one. And I can tend to be very grumpy in my house. You guys don't see it here because you're not with me 24-7. But my family sees it. And I tend to be grumpy because I'm handling my anger in a wrong way because I have lost, maybe I feel like I should be in control a little bit more. I mean, does it really matter if my daughter doesn't load the dishwasher the right way? It does, those things don't matter in the grand scheme of things. That's just me wanting to be in control, and it's done my way or, or, or no way. And if I don't give that up, then that's going to affect her way down the road. You see, our anger becomes a sin when we lose our temper. There are two kinds of angers. There's justified anger and there's unjustified anger. It's mentioned in the New Testament twice about Jesus and his anger. Yes, Jesus got angry, but it was justified anger in this. In Mark chapter 3, verse 5, he looked around at them in anger and deeply, and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Now, to go back a few verses and explain what this verse is and why we're talking about Jesus' anger in this is that the, he was, it was the Sabbath day. No work was to be done. Nothing was to be done, but yet the Pharisees and the Sadducees were trying to trap Jesus. 
And here's this person that's crippled, that needs help, needs healing. And Jesus says to them, would it not be greater to heal him, to maybe save his life, than rather than to allow him just to remain in that pain? And no one answered. And so it angered him. It angered him in a way that caused this, this uh, of grief because he was in stress because of their hearts. He was angered at the people's hearts because they were missing out the point. In John, the book of John, we, we read that when it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting there at tables exchanging money. He made a whip out of cords and drove them out of the temple courts. Both sheep and cattle, he scattered and the co- scattered the coins of the money changers and it overturned their tables. To those who sold the doves, he said, get out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. Now, the commentary that I was using this week to kind of explain this, because it is a very fine line of anger of being justified and unjustified anger and how, you know, and, and how we deal with that spiritually and psychologically. But it says this, Jesus' anger grew because the people were missing the point. In the temple, Jesus was once again justified in his anger because of the zeal, because of the passion he had for the Father's house. And not only that, he realized that he was becoming the temple, the new temple. Because if you read on in John, it talks about that you may destroy this temple, but in three days I will rise it up again. He knew it was coming. He was passionate about it. And so the anger boiled him because it was for the kingdom of God to be expanded. He knew that he would face the same abuse that the people were facing, the injustice that was happening in the temple. And it angered him. Sinless anger is defined as an emotional response out of moral nature, under the control of ethical love. I want to repeat that because this is the definition of what sinless anger is. It is anger, sinless anger is defined as an emotional response of a moral nature under the control of ethical love. It's our anger that is response out of love, not anger towards hatred or disgust or dislike or fear or any of those other emotions that play along with it. It's an anger that is, happens out of love. A love for his people. God was so angered by what was going on in this world that he acted not out of anger where we would all just be perishing and, and destroyed, but yet out of love. We'll read that, learn that later. Anger out of the out of Anger that we respond to out of a wounded pride, shame, or guilt, or any of that like of that nature, is sinful anger. If we're acting out of our anger because it touches on our pride or the guilt that we're carrying around or, or the shame that we're carrying around, then we're acting out of anger in a sinful way. Self-control really isn't the issue for me when it comes to my anger. It's my pride. My pride's hurt because somebody's not listening to what I say. You know, the, the guilt or the shame I felt from the abuse that I faced as, 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 a, as a young child caused me to act out in anger towards 
my family early in my marriage. It's not justified anger. That's unjustified anger because I wasn't acting out of a way of love. I was touching on the shame and the guilt inside of me and that's how I responded. You, you see, it's, it's that even that intent of hurting somebody else. When we respond and we, we want to respond in a way we respond with our words, our actions, that's got a willing heart behind it to even, to even think about hurting somebody or we hurt somebody, that's sinful anger. Not even, uh, let's get to the point of this. It's not even the fact that we actually physically say something or that we physically do something, but the fact that we even think in our minds that we're willing to respond to somebody out of anger because it's touched on something inside of us that's, that we have to deal with is sinful anger. See, Jesus takes this to that level in Matthew. In the book of Matthew, he's talking about, he's, he'll, he'll talk to us about how it's wrong to commit murder, and it is. But see, Jesus took all these commandments and stuff, and he took them to the deeper level in, in the New Testament. He didn't do away with the law, people. He took us to the next deeper level of the law. And he says this in Matthew 5, 21, 22. You have heard that it is said to what it is said to the people long ago. You shall not murder. And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But Jesus says he's adding on this, part two to that commandment. I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment as well. Again, anyone who says to a, a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. I know what this means for me is that I need to go make a lot of things right with people because I've been angry unjustifiably with a lot of people in my life and I need to get that right. I need to fix that stuff and that's where professional counselors can help you figure all those things out. But if we're acting out in anger and we're angry today, carrying around the anger and bitterness of what may have happened to us, and we're even thinking of doing something or even thinking that, boy, we'd like justice for the injustice that's happened to us in anger, then we've sinned. The Bible says that we might as well have just committed murder because our hearts are unright. How do we deal with this anger, though? How do we deal with it? Well, the human way for us to deal with anger so many times is to repress it. We repress it or, or we suppress it and we push it down so deep inside that we forget that we even had an issue to deal with. This is what happened to me when I can remember back to the, to the days of early in my marriage and I had a son that um, I got really upset with because he decided to run through the house without clothes on. And it wasn't the fact that he was running without clothes on. It was the fact that he was, it touched something deep down inside of me of being suppressed because of the physical and sexual abuse I faced as a kid. And I will never forget that I stood at the sink with my blood boiling, feeling the anger come. Instead of acting out of it, it burst out into tears because I realized what it was, because I suppressed it. I used to try to then justify that anger and make an excuse for it. And we tend to then make excuses. Well, I have the right to be angry because this happened to me. And if we're not careful with dealing with that, then what's going to happen is that we're going to break out into a rage with it and we're going to explode all over everybody and anybody around us. 
That's the human way that we've dealt with anger. We tend to deal with anger. But really, what should we do when we start feeling the anger roll up inside of us? We start by remembering what James says in our verse through the day. My Christian brothers, you know, everyone should listen much and speak little. I want us to focus on that for a second. Listen much and speak little. Yes, I think this requires in response to people around us that we should listen much and speak little to the people around us when they're talking to us in some ways. But I think this also touches in on the emotions. Listen much to our heart before we respond. This is what I'd like to think that James is saying here. Listen to our heart before we respond out in anger. Be slow to become angry. He continues to say, be slow because we should be listening to where our heart is. What's our heart telling us before we respond in the anger to the injustice that's happened around us? A man's anger does not allow him to be right with God. Put out of your life all that is unclean and wrong. Receive with a gentle spirit the word that was taught. It has the power to save your souls from the punishment of sin. Be slow to anger. How should we deal with our anger? What, 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 when is justifiable anger allowed? You, you know what, what justifiable anger is? It's seeing those kids on the street in Nigeria that aren't allowed to have water because their government does not allow them to have water without paying for it. And how do we deal with it and respond? As a church, we give them those offerings so that we give and we can help fight that. That's the proper way to respond in our anger is to give back so that these kids can have water because of the injustice that's happened to the world because of sin falling in it. That's what made Jesus like upset in the temple because the injustice that was happening to those that were coming into the house of God to worship. They were being cheated and robbed. That's why he threw them out. It wasn't a personal response to inflict harm or anything on there. It was to fight for the injustice that was happening. So ways we should handle our anger is this, is fix our eyes, as the song says. Fix our eyes on God and dealing with our anger. When we fix our eyes on him, we can see how to, to respond to the anger. He says in Numbers 14, 18, the Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving of sin and rebellion. God is a God that is slow to anger. It takes a lot for God to get angry. God didn't want to destroy things that he's talked about in there. He was slow to anger. And, and he responded in such a way, yes, we read through the Old Testament, you say, well, boy, God was sure angry. He, he caused a flood. He caused this. It was all leading up to what he was trying to do and respond to bringing his people back to him because he loved us. It angered him that we're separated from him. So he allowed his love, to, his ethical love to speak out to us and reach out to us through his son, Jesus Christ, to go to the cross so that we could have everlasting life with him. The Lord is slow to anger, but abounding in love, and that's the abounding love he has through sacrificing his own son on the cross for us. We should handle our anger by allowing it to be slow. We have control over the fuse. You know, I love Looney Tunes. And you can think of the times when Wile E. Coyote tries to light the dynamite, and he's got the long fuse, and it can go faster, it can go slow. 
You know, people that, that, are, that, are, that are skilled in that, in the military, they're with the explosive, they are, or in, in those things, they can figure out the timing on those fuses. I mean, you know, when, you, when, you're, when we're launching our bottle rockets illegally in, around the 4th of July, you're hoping for a, a, a right fuse, not some short fuse that it blows up before you, it takes off, right? We can choose the type of fuse that we are allowing in our lives. What's your fuse? Is it being short? Or do you have a long fuse so that you're slow to anger? Because James says this, he says, my Christian brothers, you know everyone should listen much and speak little. When we do that, it slows that fuse down from going so fast that we explode. So that we're slow to become angry. Proverbs 16.32 says this, it is better to be slow-tempered than famous. You know what they're saying here? It's better to be slow-tempered than to be right. It's better for me to allow myself to let go of control so that my family doesn't beat down by my control issues, that they can be, because what's that gonna do is gonna cause them to respond in a fuse that maybe would cause them to be angry quick. It's better to be slow-tempered than to be famous. It is better to have self-control than to control an army. I love the Proverbs. It's so true. Because that self-control and how we handle that, it's that fine line that divides us from being whether we're in justifiable anger or unjustifiable anger, righteous anger or unrighteous anger. See, Paul encourage us also what we should do when we start to feel these feelings of anger come upon us. How do we deal with our anger? Well, we deal with it in a, our anger in a timely manner because again, this is a very fine line that we, we, we walk when we're walking with the emotion of anger. It's a very tight rope. One step to the left or one step to the right can keep you in justifiable or unjustifiable anger. And he says here in Ephesians 4.26, he says, if you are angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge. Don't let the sun go down with you while you're still angry. Get over it quickly. For when you are angry, you give the mighty foothold to the devil. When we're angry and we're, we're stewing on it and we're letting it, those feelings come in a lot more and greater and we're not dealing with the anger maybe that, that's coming up and we don't deal with it in a godly manner in a, in a godly amount of time, in the right amount of time, we're giving the enemy a foothold in our lives that will take us down, it will take down the lives of the people around us. Now, Paul says, don't let the sun go down before that. And I know some of us, we've let the sun go down many weeks and months on the anger that we're holding today. Well, today is the day that we change that. Today is the day you surrender that anger, or the person that you're angry with, and you lay down at the, the, the foot of God at his throne of grace and mercy. And you ask for forgiveness for that, dealing with anger in that sinful way, because then you want to be able to go and extend that forgiveness to others and the anger that you've had towards them. You know, don't let the sun go down. Sometimes that's difficult with the pressure of this world that we're in, that the time just gets away from us. Don't leave here today angry at somebody. Let it go. And then go and make that conversation take place because the Bible then talks on how you should go about restoring that relationship or dealing with that conflict and to subside to, to that anger that you're holding towards somebody else. 
Because if you let that anger creep in more and more, you're letting the enemy, you're letting the devil himself have a foothold in your life. The last thing that we do is that we can turn our anger towards kindness. Well, how do we do that? How can we turn what makes us angry towards kindness? Well, if we're dealing with that justifiable anger, like what I mentioned, maybe that's happening in Nigeria or different parts of the world, and we turn it towards kindness through responding with kindness and love, that ethical love. You know, I was talking to somebody today who was talking to me, he was reading through a, um, a passage of scripture and he was reading through 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's a chapter that a lot of pastors use for weddings and different things because it talks about how great love is. And, and he said he was reading that and he was getting very angry and upset about something that was going on and instead of acting out of his anger in the way that he normally would, he turned and he responded in a way of love. And that changed the course of what could have happened because if had he responded out of the way that he normally would with his anger, it would have turned into the other person being angry and it would have been just an explosion in their home, but rather it turned into a conversation and dealing with, the, dealing with things. It says, turn your, turn your anger towards kindness. Stop being mean, bad-tempered, and angry, quarreling with harsh words. And dislike of others should have in no place in your lives. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you because you belong to Christ. See, God had every right to respond to us out of anger and, and to destroy us for our sins and our, our shortcomings with him, but he doesn't. He turns his anger towards that of the sin entering this world towards that of kindness and love. In Romans 12, it says this, and I'm going to read this from three different versions because I just want to illustrate this point, is that if at all possible, it says this in the international version, the NIV, if it is all possible, far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. In, in the Living Bible, it says this, don't quarrel with anyone, be at peace with everyone just as much as possible. And then in the voice version, it says, if it is within your power, make peace with all people. Don't be angry. Don't harbor those angry feelings, those feelings of anger towards somebody else. Find out what the source of that anger is. Deal with it. Don't let it be a sin in your life that's keeping you from God. In Hebrews 12, 14, it says, pursue peace with everyone and holiness since no one will see God without it. Have peace. The key point for this is today is this, that when we're under the pressure when we're under pressure, whether it be temptation, which we talked about a few weeks ago, or, or words, our words, we're under pressure with the way we respond with our words, or we're dealing with anger, the key point is this, is that we're not alone. We're not alone. God is there to guide us through the pressures of life. He's there to guide us through the pressures of temptation, of the way we respond with our words, and the way that we deal with our anger. Remember, in order to do this and how to deal with this properly, that we should be living out the key verse that we've had at Salem Fields for the entire year, which is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Are you having a tough time dealing with the anger and, the, and getting angry and the pressure of the world around you today? Then seek first the kingdom of God. 
And the peace which transcends all understanding will be given to you when you enter into relationship with him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, and I just thank you for personally delivering this message to me, Father, to deal with the, some of the shortcomings I have in dealing with anger. Lord, I just pray that as we um, close out the service, Lord, that, that if there is something inside of our hearts, Lord, that we would right now take this moment to search our hearts and how we've dealt with anger. And that we take this time, Lord, to surrender it at your feet of grace and mercy. To experience the peace to deliver us from the anger we've been healing or harboring inside. And that, that the anger that we have would, would, would not be towards anyone else. But yet on the things that would be justified anger, the, 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 which are kingdom things. May our hearts be angry that the fact that people are lost and dying and they are far from you. And may we respond to that by being, first of all, in relationship with you, Father, and then being able to take out our lives as an example to lead others towards you. May that be the justifiable anger in our lives. And not how you stack the dishes or the little things that don't really matter. There are little ways and traps that the enemy is trying to use us to be angry about things that don't matter so he can have a foothold in our lives. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been dealing with anger and you, you, you want some freedom from that and maybe you've never experienced freedom by being in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, I encourage you to pray this prayer right now with me. Pray with all your heart with passion. You don't have to pray it out loud, but you simply say, Father, I am messed up. But yet you love me so much, I realize and recognize today that your son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for my sins. And I accept that gift that you've given me through your son, Jesus Christ. And I accept him as my Lord and Savior. And then you simply say, thank you. Thank you, Father, for, for bringing me that peace and forgiving me of my sins. Maybe you've been in a relationship with Jesus and, and you had that relationship, but you're still holding on to some things of anger. And I, I encourage you to just surrender it. Lay it down at the feet of God today. Don't let it be a trap that, that, that tries to get in the way. We've got enough pressures in this world than to deal with the anger of our own lives. And maybe today you just want to lay and get rid of that anger. And I encourage you to just to, as we sing this next song, to realize you're not alone in this. That God is there with you. And walk towards him today. And lay it down at his feet. And maybe you need to symbolize that today by getting out of your seat today, coming down and kneeling at the stage, Lord, his altar at the Lord's feet. Don't walk out of here with those angry feelings today. Find freedom. Find peace. Lord, help us. Touch our hearts in these next moments, Lord. Speak to us. Deliver us from the pressures of this world that cause us to get angry in the wrong way. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us stand. Again, like I said, the stage is open.
No one's judging you or passing judgment on you when you come forward. This is a time for you to, to step out in faith with your relationship with God, to lay it down at his feet. If you're holding on to that anger today, I encourage you to take that step of faith and kneel before him today. Let us worship.